and welcome to another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. On this week's episode, we're talking lines. More specifically, if you had to wear one line of watch and only that one line of watch, what would it be? So get ready and sit back, because it's time for another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Welcome everybody to episode 85 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Uh, We have everybody here today. Uh, the power is back on in Baton Rouge. Uh, he's not sweating. He's in the air conditioning. We got Spangler with us. Um, we got everybody. This should be a pretty fun episode. So uh, why don't we just dive right in because we always think, well, we're not going to fill the time. We're not going to fill the time. Then we go 20 minutes over and we're like, where'd the time go? So Spangler, uh, now that you have power, air conditioning, pretty awesome mustache, looking like a, a closer for the Detroit Tigers uh, since you got the hat on. Uh what is in the glass and what is on the wrist? Uh, yeah, well, you did mention the power, and that was a uh, fun fiasco down here for all the listeners that did know I am in Louisiana. So we had a fun few days of no power down here, which was always, which is always very fun. Uh, if you like to sweat and get a good exfoliation for your skin going, um, unfortunately, I do not. Anyway, that's back on. I am back. It's been a couple busy weeks for me, unfortunately. So. It's good to be back, regardless. But on the wrist, well, what was on the wrist, I did have my Black Bay 58 on earlier today. It's off currently. Of course, this is an audio medium. You can't see, but yeah, I've got nothing on the wrist. It's in the box. You, which, you didn't, speaking lose of the box, it, didn't lose it in an animal, did you? Uh, no. <laughs> People have been no. asking. <laughs> no, I've got my arm condom for that. No, I've got the uh, the arm condom ready for that buzz. Um, but it's in the box. And speaking of a new box, I did get a new box off of eBay, so that's exciting. Uh, fun little one I picked up for like thirty five bucks. Wood, metal hinges, pretty much metal requirements. Like it. Um, in the glass, though, some good old fashioned Baton Rouge tap water. Same old lemon. I've got some study to do, so y'all know me. Gotta keep my mind somewhat focused for that. I, mean, I would have thought you'd uh, gotten a fresh lemon instead of the same old one, but you know, you do you. <laughs> it's all about the flavor, you know. It's dry aged. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel picked up some uh, some some dried mango that I actually really quite enjoy from Costco during the lake house trip that we took. So she bought more of it, and I was having it today, having a couple pieces. Today. I was like, just don't mind me. I'm gonna get some more fruit jerky. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it is it's the same stuff pretty much hey man don't be shitting on dried fruit that stuff's amazing i'm not it's good <laughs> i'm loving that mango i'm not i'm not even joking i joked okay. I, I was telling i was like i almost prefer this version to the regular mango oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah no like to my mind normal mango is pretty much there to be turned into like a salsa or chutney um, oh, very true. Yeah, it's not one that I just would sit around just take a big old bite out of. Um, it's very but the slippery, be- too. Yes. The the best dried fruit, in my estimation, are the uh, the dried apples, where they dry it like kind of halfway, so they, they're still a little pliable, because um, they are super, super sweet, um, but they're not like hard, they're not a pain to eat. Like uh, some dried fruit is, uh, I swear I, uh, I can eat multiple trees worth of apples in, in one sitting if they're served up in that way. These uh, 
she got these at Costco, and they they they're not like chips. They're not dried like they're to the point where they're, they they have almost like a jerky texture. But obviously, if it was fruit, um, got them at Costco. Ninety one on the fruit tasting uh, institute score right there. I'm oh, so no kidding. Just <laughs> they just rate everything ninety one at Costco. I'm pretty sure. That's actually fake. There's really no fruit rating institute, um, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, yeah. as far as I know, anyway. So, all right. Well, I'll go next since uh, there's a segue there. I was in Detroit over the weekend visiting. Uh, we took the kids up to visit my brother-in-law. Uh, it was fun. I am drinking. Uh, we didn't get a chance to go bourbon hunting up there, but I am drinking my Eagle Rare uh, that Garrett brought down. From at Christmas from Madison Heights, Michigan, barrel number 160, the Amores Eagle Rare store pick uh, is in the glass. Um, and, you know, since we're talking about it, um, t- mentioned Spangler's mustache with his Detroit hat. He looks like a closer. Like, he looks like he should be coming on in the ninth inning and have some walk-up music. Me, on the other hand, I just, like, look, middle reliever, still have the beard <laughs> going. Um, I was joking about that with the wife earlier. On the wrist, I'm actually really excited about this new combination. Um, you guys might have seen it posted today. I have on my SPB149, and I put it on the SF1 olive drab strap for my boy Zach at Cincy Strap Co., and this works. Like, I had, I have the green SF2, and I have the Admiral Gray SF2. The gray almost matches the dial, so it had been on that for a while. Tried it on the green, and that darker SF2 green just doesn't quite work with this. But this lighter with the weave just, oh, my goodness. It I This is going to be on this for a while, um, even though I do want to try this strap on other watches. Uh, that's the nice thing about NATOs. You can just peel them off, put them on. So this, this strap's going to be showing up, I think, a lot of places. I'm really, really stoked about the combination. So that's what I'm wearing. And as the owner of that, fill, of that strap as well, I can... Agree with you, Spence. That strap is top tier. Oh, yeah. I can tell you, I, I already kind of gave him some some crap. I was like, uh, you really need to restock the navy blue. And he's like, I'll let you know when it comes in because they have it not in 20 millimeter. I think he has it in 22 and I need it in yeah. 20 because that I have more 20 millimeter watches than anything. I guess I could have bought the black, but I feel like if I'm getting a NATO strap, like unless it's like their stealth bond version or like a black and a color, just a black mm-hmm. nylon NATO strap for a lot of watches just doesn't really do anything. It's just like, if I want a NATO strap, I want it to be, have a color, not, not necessarily a, a pop of color as you would say, but like just <laughs> like olive drab green or like the green with the red stripe, just something different. That's why I'm putting a watch on a strap. Cause I want something different. Black mm-hmm. NATO or black nylon is just like, Oh, it's a black nylon strap. And I guess I, I do have a black nylon two piece, but I haven't worn it in a while. And I think that's why it's like, it's not as fun as all the other colored nylons that I have. So, and, and you lack the commitment to make that 22 millimeter NATO fit all of your 20 millimeter watches. I do. I do. I am not in it like Lana on a NATO is. Yeah. He's making 26 millimeters go into 18. He's in it to which win is it. Feet in and of itself. <laughs> so. Anyway, Buzzy, bring us home. Sounds good. Before I, uh, I get into it, I just realized something today. Um, when you shared that you were drinking Eagle Rare, I, I actually think that, that the name in and of itself might be a sign that Buffalo Trace is bird-pilled. Because they are saying that eagles are rare because birds aren't real. I just put it all together. I'm feeling very, very pleased with myself. If birds aren't real, we'll be very proud of you, Buzz. Yeah. 
just trying to spread the feathered gospel. <laughs> All right. I have some Glenlivet 12 in my glass tonight with just a little splash of water. Oh, it's delicious. It's nutritious. I, I even love when I pour it into my glass because from feet away, I can just smell that delicious aroma. It's that, that delightful bouquet. Um, yeah, I could drink it far more than is any is healthy for any human. Uh, excellent. And quite frankly, I'm surprised I have any left <laughs> right now. The nice thing about that is, is when you run out, you can find it. Exactly. Which is a great thing. Well, yes. It's going to be just as good as the last bottle. <sighs> yeah. So good. Sandy knows his stuff. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, then uh, on the wrist, once again, Sea Rambler, Doxa 300T. Uh, I realize it has been picking up just a, a ton of dust diving scratches on the clasp, and I definitely don't care either. Um, still great. Still checks all the boxes. Really, really like it. Sweet. Shall we move on to some fresh forum finds? You gotta be fresh. You do? Alright, I'm gonna go first because I'm pretty pretty proud of this one. Um, this comes to us from uh, Watch Exchange on Reddit. Um, I don't really know how to describe this um, other than it is... Let me see if I can find it more on the post. Okay, yeah, no, this is pretty cool. This is a Budweiser Lager Beer 5 O'Clock Somewhere watch. It mm. comes in a can, like a, a branded Budweiser can. The only number on it is a 5. Uh, it says Budweiser <laughs> Lager Beer. Has red hands. One is tipped with an A and one is tipped with an H. Uh, thankfully, the minute hand is tipped with the A and the hour hand is tipped with the H because it would have been hilarious if they had done that the other way around. <laughs> Um, yeah, know nothing about this watch other than, um, my guess is it's quartz. It has not been worn and comes in the original packaging as shown. Uh, it doesn't look at all that cool, but I can't papers? even, I can barely see the watch head. What is it? Is it box and papers or just box? It, it's just can and styrofoam, oh. <laughs> like the, oh. the foam packaging stuff that you can see that it came in. Oh, okay. Uh, it, but it's but unworn. But it's missing the chronometer certificate. Yeah, it doesn't have no and um, <laughs> uh, fifty bucks <gasps> shipped Conus uh, because the guy simply does not need it. And I get—I mean, who really needs this? But it was fun, and it just gets so annoying scrolling through some of these if you don't come prepared, like I don't most weeks for one of these. That you know, if you're not looking at watches, haven't haven't done some stuff. And you just like you're scrolling, you're like, oh, cool, a ninety thousand dollar Patek, cool, a ninety thousand dollar AP, cool, a thirty thousand dollar Rolex that retails for seven, awesome. Like you're just like this just sucks. So oh, when you see something unique, and you're not gonna tell me this isn't unique, <laughs> what? You're like, cool, I, fifty bucks. <laughs> Done. That, that is cool. I'm slightly disappointed in you for not translating that into how many cases of Budweiser. Yeah, like two and a half cases of uh, bud. Two and a half. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, that's where I'm at. <laughs> we'll see now. If uh, they would have put the hour hand, if, it, 
if they would have put the H on the minute hand, they just would have given you a preview of what you would have had or what it would have looked like after a few Budweiser's. This is true. <laughs> and I mean, uh, 50 bucks still kind of seems a little steep. Now, if it was a PBR watch, 30 bucks, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to remember what it like. So price per ounce, a 30 of PBR costs what versus 24 buds. Yeah. 30, 35. If it was a PBR watch, <laughs> That's the PBR premium right there. It's a negative number. <laughs> so some people say Paddock's are the Grail watch. Some people say Rolex are their Grail watch. I tell you, I'm still looking for this vintage PBR watch. That's my Grail. One day. Next. That's the next pop up watch. on Instagram. Yep. yep. All right, Spangler, <laughs> what's your fresh form find? Uh, so obviously I found it on the bay because, you know, why not? I am, you know, consistently getting bored and going on here and just browsing around. Uh, but it's one that I, they are. <laughs> All right, this is a family show here, Spence. Is it? <laughs> Your grandpa lessons. Yeah. He's a master at the eBay. That's all I know. <laughs> all right. Let's see what we got here. We have a – and one that I also kind of forgot about too, but it's a Benris Type 1 Ooh. limited edition on eBay. Currently listed at eleven seventy five, with a best offer possibility, and it looks that they only made a thousand of these. Um, so if you're one of those historical buffs, especially when it comes to the Vietnam War, you probably should know about Benrus. They've also made a couple other watches in their history, but I think the most known are these Type One and Type Two watches. The Type One has the more sterile dial versus the Type 2 has the uh, dual track of the 24 hours on it, which I kind of prefer, but since they didn't reissue that one, we're kind of stuck with the Type 1. And this one looks to be in good shape. Um, it comes with the straps, I think. It looks like it has two. I don't know what he says. Um, it only comes with one. One strap, uh, box papers, all that kind of jazz. Limited edition of 1,000. And you get the cool old text on the case back kind of reminiscent of what they did back in the day so pretty cool watch honestly nice yeah I got. that's pretty slick well I I guarantee you I, I'm trying to uh, keep things weird uh, here on this one uh, and I found and something <laughs> it's about to get weirder yeah yeah, we're going to double up on the weirdness. It's everybody's favorite dive watch that uh, comes on a leather leather strap. I see, some, I see some quizzical looks on my co-host's faces. It's everybody's favorite dive watch that is not a Snowflake sub. Somebody is selling their Tudor Black Bay P01... Uh, on watch. I, I saw snake. that one. Yes, for twenty five hundred bucks. It is twenty uh, twenty six hundred. Ah, yeah, yeah. So just just to uh, give some context here, as one could imagine, this this watch that in many ways was a, a giant whatever pal to uh, to the collector community. Uh, you can pick this up on uh, Joma Shop, brand new for thirty-two hundred bucks, uh, four thousand retail. 
Um, twenty six hundred. That's that's a good size discount off of that. Uh, the fellow that's selling it has twenty five hundred posts on Watch You Seek, and just this absurd list of hyperlinked feedback um, from people about what a great seller he is. Therefore, I would feel pretty decent with him as a counterparty. Um, looks like it's in uh, nice shape. I am not quite sure why they would call this fair condition, which he does. Um, yeah, looks looks perfectly nice to me. So if you were ever if you're ever itching for this uh, zany zany piece, hit up Watch You Seek because well, it might be there a while, but but don't don't wait too long because you know. Just how defeated would you feel if somebody snatched this rare, rare diver out from from under your grasp? <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I dig it. There we go. All right, I dig it. Well, I will just come back. We did actually get some responses from last week's episode. Uh, some of them were pretty fun. Uh, one of the more popular opinions seems to be give the kid the speedy, which I get. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, somebody suggested uh, that because third children are a little bit less supervised than older children, that maybe, you know, kid winds up more like the dude from Big Lebowski, uh, and you should get him the official watch that has palm fronds on it because that'll be like his one possession. Um <laughs> Might as well be the Rolex with the palm fronds on it, because why not? Uh, so that was an interesting suggestion. A lot of people are saying that the Caliber 400 Aquas, the the 41.5 millimeter, would also be a good choice. Um, somebody wrote in about a Zin. And then um, one of the more interesting takes came from, we now have a 10th listener. We made it. Uh, let me get his, let me get the username or the handle right on, uh, on the gram. But... Uh, Bolivas and bolt actions. Nice. Um, so that would be our official double digits. It only took us 85 episodes, guys, but we finally did it. Um, <laughs> suggested that um, he knows I like divers. He knows I'm a big Seiko head. He's like, just step up and get, he goes, I know you're kind of against LEs, but they make a ton of them anyway. Get whatever the SLA limited edition is for that year. He goes, you've got plenty to choose from right now. He went with the green mm-hmm. one with the black dot with the black bezel, which came out earlier in the year and is absolutely killer. We talked about the two the MM two hundred version of that. Why not just go all the way to the MM three hundred? They came out with that new red one uh, that has the red dial and matching cufflinks, which is weird for a watch that thick. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's that's an interesting take. Uh, you know, I, I actually kind of liked that one. Um, is a little bit off the wall, but uh, we'll see. There's still a, there's still a few more months left in the year. Still a month and a half before the the child arrives. Hopefully, everything goes swimmingly, and uh, we'll see. I will keep everybody posted, but keep uh, keep messaging. Oddly enough, nobody really defended any of our other choices. Um, I guess because we all made them. But uh, yeah, fun suggestions. Uh, so we'll go from there. But uh, keep messaging us. It's been fun. It's been fun to interact with all ten of you. So um, keep keep them coming. You could be the 11th listener. You never know. That's right. That's right. That's a coveted spot. It is. Double ones. So, anyway. Well, I think we should get into the main topic, um, which I think is going to be fun. Um, 
a lot of people do the if you could only wear the, the one watch collection, all this other stuff. I thought, or we kind of thought, why don't we pick a watch line? Like if you could only wear watches from a specific line forever, what would that line be? So think of something like, you know, Seiko Prospects or Seiko Presage, something like that. And and I'll be curious to see where you go because Buzzy and I are both, when we when we were talking about this topic, we're pretty confident that we have the right answer. And I think there might be a more right answer than others. So uh, let's let's see uh, what everybody has. So um, I'm going to let Spangler go first just in case Buzzy and I agree. Yes. There's also a chance Spangler agrees with us because I think there is a pretty obvious single choice. So go ahead, Spangler. What have you got? Yeah, y'all seem very confident on this on this choice, and I, you know, for the life of me, I'm I'm kind of blanking on what it could be. But, you know, I was given this topic as of right now, say about twenty seven ish minutes ago. Yep. So <laughs> we prepare. Yeah, a lot, lots of preparation in this podcast. But I was thinking, you know, if we're gonna go a single line of watches. I kind of want it to be a line that encompasses more than just one singular type of watch and also one that not only encompasses modern times but can go a little bit vintage. And not only that, you could even say supplied a couple other manufacturers in the same case style. I'm going to say that's still in the same model line because why not? I'm making the rules for this one. Um... So I decided to go with a brand that you may know called Tag Heuer. Mm. And I decided to go with their model line of Carreras because I am a big chronograph fan. Love them. And if you're a fan of watches and especially chronographs, racing history, all that kind of jazz, you're going to know the Carrera, lots of different watch styles back then, um, especially in the 60s, 70s, heyday of that style of watch. And then it goes up to modern times too. And not only do you get the, the, um, the chronographs with the line these days, but you also get some more dressy non-chronograph Carreras too, if you want to switch it up a little bit. Um, and then what I was mentioning about the, uh, case supply, uh, Hoyer did supply multiple brands with either cases or movements. And one that I like, especially that came in the prototypical Carrera style case, say moving two, which I believe I want to say is a value 72. Um, but I'm not going to be certain on that one uh but it's the abercrombie and fitch watches they have a seafarer that i can see right here um and they may have a couple other model lines of the abercrombie and fitch watches but i don't know offhand that had the same case style and i'm thinking of like the carrera 2447 style cases with the i guess chamfered inside of the lugs they're pretty like you know that case shape if you saw it the kind of thing um so you know if you want a little bit of taste of the vintage with the modern with a little bit of a wild card action with the Abercrombie and Fitch watches I I feel like I gotta go Carrera you know get the best of both both worlds with that 
You got the best of a couple worlds, but you didn't get the best of all worlds with that selection. And I'm I'm debating whether Buzzy and I are on the same page here. So whether I've, he should let me go and he can tell me I'm right, or whether I should let him go and I can tell him that he's right. I think that I think that we're on the same, but I want you to go because I have okay. a possible a possible um, thing that uh, that maybe rebuts the the proposition that we both have. I see what you're doing here. And you go. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> that might have given it away a little bit. Um, but I think to me, because I have a range of different types of watches in my collection and I enjoy all those different types of watches. And you're thinking, okay, if you're going to go with one type of watch or one range of watch and you want versatility, I think there's really only one way to go. You know, we, we mentioned Prospects. Prospects has. Divers. Oh, wait, I think I might know this. You, Yeah, that's pretty obvious. You know, Prospects is fine. They have divers and chronographs, but not really anything that's... I mean, I guess you could say the Alpinist might be a little dressier, but not really. Presage, same thing, not really very sporty. You know, Rolex is almost taken out because unless you want to wear one model, their lines aren't really as defined. You know, they're, they're really kind of singular in that. I mean, I guess you could say there's the sports line that includes everything from the date just to the deep sea but i that yeah. that's kind of a stretch for me and you know that's Agreed. not really where it's at but there is one brand uh i don't really know i mean if you want to go all the way back there's multiple ways to even pronounce it mm. um <laughs> and they're in a city yep. that has two names and to me depending on whether you're vintage or modern you have to go with the omega omega seamaster line because that encompasses everything from buzzy's 34 millimeter dress watch to the Ploprof and anything in between. You have the Aquaterra. You have the Seamaster 300, the 300M. You've got the Seamaster Flightmaster, if you like chronographs. You've got some of the vintage Seamaster. You've got the Bullheads. You've got Aquatimers, GMT, uh, the, the, sorry, the Aquaterra chronographs, the 300 chronographs. Like, you've got everything in there. Oh, yeah. You have the, the Planet Oceans. Our buddy Motor John just picked up a 39mm Planet Ocean. You've got stuff ranging from quartz all the way up to, you know, the, the ma- like I said, the blow prop. Like, you, you can pick literally anything for any situation, and it has, there's a Seamaster for it, which is kind of ridiculous. But it's almost like picking a, a sub-brand, but... Omega Omega has slapped Seamaster on damn near everything in their catalog. So if you want to watch for whatever occasion, I'm pretty sure you can find it. They may have rebranded some of the dressier ones, Deville now. You know, there's some there's the Globemaster, there's the, the Constellation line, so that kind of takes some of those out. But you go back far enough, there's a watch that probably suits your needs with the word Seamaster written somewhere on it. That is that is my opinion, and I think that is the correct one. <laughs> Yes, yes. So that one is um, pretty much, pretty much unbeatable. I, I don't think that there's any one line that has the pure breadth and um, for as long as they've been slapping that uh, on their watches. Um, just a, a no-brainer. Yeah, Ploprofs, three hundreds, three hundred M, right. So nice and confusing there. And if you want something funky, they got the bullhead chronograph. I even think that the Railmaster is. It is technically it is. in there. So I mean, just all sorts of crazy stuff. However, 
I will concede that's the correct answer. That that's what we had agreed on. Um, but I, I do think that we are missing something. That being said, I don't necessarily know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know whether I would take this one or or the Omega Omega. Um, call call the ambulance, but not for me, because uh, you did say uh, Rolex. Um, I did earlier. Technically speaking, and we all know that technically correct is the best kind of correct. Uh, they slapped the words Oyster Perpetual on a ton of their watches. They do. So mm-hmm. that's uh, our funky, fun color uh, Oyster Perpetuals. That's on Date Justs. That's on the Milgauss. That's on the Air King. Sub. It's on the Daytona. If you can make the argument that because they put Oyster Perpetual on all of those lines, that that's a coherent line of watches, which I think that you can if you set the precedent um, set by Omega Omega uh, on, on the Seamaster, I think that's a compelling Alternative. Now that being said, I don't think that it is as much of a range. I don't think there's as much difference. Um, but I, that's really solely because um, there's no truly zany stuff in Rolex's catalog, like Ploprofs and bullheads and i mean even even the uh the bond seamaster chronograph there's a, a guy at work that uh, has one of those they're super thick they're ridiculous and they're sweet um so like all of those zany um variations like that uh, aquaterra chrono that was my fast form find last week um so the, there's definitely more breadth on the on the Omega Omega um, Seamaster, but the Oyster Perpetual. I mean, you could put together a, a pretty sweet catalog, pretty sweet little collection. You know, assuming that they any of those are produced or exist or anything. Yeah, you have to you have to actually find them, but yeah, you know, yeah, you gotta find them. But, uh, yeah, it, it pretty much differentiates between all the uh, Cellini stuff that nobody really gets into and all of the stuff that people want to buy. Or the date just, you know, the things that people are forced to buy to maybe buy a, an Explorer or a uh, put or Oyster Submariner. Perpetual on the date just, too? Yeah. 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 They put, they put Oyster Perpetual on the Sub, too? Yes, yep. they do. Sub, Daytona... Daytona, yeah, it's the Oyster Perpetual Cosmograph Daytona. Cosmograph that never made it to space. Yep. Failed to test. The only, <clears throat> the only racing space watch, aside from one other one. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think well, you're right. But I think you could put, I guess you could say Oyster Perpetual. That would be that would be their sport line, correct? Is that right. how? Yeah, that that's what they would. Yeah, so it's interesting that pretty much everything they make 
other than the Cellini really falls into that. I guess that or any other gem set stuff, um, which is really kind of because oddly enough, their their sister company, their junior junior varsity team, Tudor, does have more <laughs> of a line delineation. Um, I guess you have the Black Bay with the the fifty eight. You know, the, the larger case, the even larger bronze case, and then the time-only versions. Mm-hmm. Then you get into Glamour, and you get into, um, what's the new one? The, the Royal, you get into... Style, the Pelagos, yeah. obviously. Pelagos. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's true. Interesting. Well, I mean, that's that's where they get their... Uh get all their kicks, right, on, on actually trying stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they they would never release like the North Flag on Rolex. It doesn't make any sense. But on Tudor, they can play with that all day, and you know the Royal, which I still want to see in person. I've started mm-hmm. seeing pictures of it pop up, and I'm I'm wondering. That's a watch to me. I think kind of like the constellation where size and how it fits on wrist is going to be interesting because people will be like, oh, the 41 or the 40, you know, the 42 makes way more sense. It's like, I don't know about that. I feel like, I feel like the, the, the old 38, 39 millimeter and because they have the new 39 millimeter constellation would be the way to go. Not the 41 or 42. And I feel like for the Royal, it is, it's going to be that 38 millimeter version that they have not the bigger 41 millimeter that's going to probably fit better. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I would love to see if I, if I just got like play around time with oddball watches, it would be a Tudor Royal, a, a constellation and then the Tissot PRX auto. PRX auto might that, that is just, I know we're kind of going a little bit off topic here, but you know, the PRX auto, I would like, I've seen the regular one, the the quartz one in person. Our buddy has one and it just, they only make one size of that. Correct. Uh, Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yes. It's just a little big and I don't mean dial. It's just a little big lug to lug. He's got a bigger wrist, so it works just fine, but it's just, it's just, I'm like, Oh man, if this would have been a, 39 instead of a 40 or 41 would have been like perfect but i have a smaller no you have an average size wrist he's got bigger wrists so it works just fine yeah 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 if i'm trying that watch on i can agree with you it is a little bit girthy on the lug to lug length on that bad boy the same thing it's kind of like a royal oak too if it's not the 15202 any sub or over 40 mil royal oak always wears big yeah, but Buzz, to uh, to your point, bringing up the Oyster Perpetual, I think you also kind of have to look at it in terms of, you know, at what point did Rolex decide to make the Oyster Perpetual a model a model line versus just as descriptive terms for what the watch is? Yes, because obviously, right, you have the Oyster waterproof and the Perpetual, the automatic movement in that watch, which is coming after the Rolex Oyster, which has had the manual line. Those are like vintage bubble back Rolexes too. So, I, I don't know. Oh, I don't yeah. really know at what point they delineated that into an actual 
The nice thing currently is if you go to Omega's website right now and you pick up, click on things, there's the Speedmaster, the Seamaster, the Constellation, and the DeVille, I believe. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And then from there, like, you have the Constellation, you have the regular, you have the Globemaster, you have all the different Seamasters, a couple of different Speedies, um, and then the DeVille, DeVille Tresora, a couple of, like, so, like, you... Like those are clear. Those are the those are the families. Those are the lines. Um, whereas if you go to Rolex, you've got. I mean, they don't. I guess they do have sport, and I guess it just depends on what breakpoint you're using. Because you could say that Rolex Sport has everything in it, but I don't think it has the versatility of the ranges of the Seamaster. If you're going back to some of the vintage stuff from a dress perspective, not that any of us wear dress watches, need to wear dress watches in this day and age. Although that could change in the next three years and they could be very in again. So, yeah, my, my, uh, my suggestion here is based solely on, on trying to uh, provide a counterpoint to the obvious correct answer. It would rely mm-hmm. on um, just really really hard lawfare and just uh, you know uh, motion sustained and d- denied and all, all of that uh, massive uh, you know courtroom silliness make all the stuff that I've seen on grand jury pale in comparison just as simple open and shut cases compared to mm-hmm. does oyster perpetual actually count as a line that being said there definitely is like a ton of dial options and now case sizes just within the oyster perpetual so like if if you uh get your hand slapped and say no that's completely illegal what a, what a terrible stupid overreach to try to claim that virtually everything they make uh it falls into oyster perpetual um you know you, you got a lot of cool colors uh, you've got the old dials like I still I will still always miss the uh, the blue 36 with the uh, 369 uh, that that's a nifty one uh, the white version of that too was and the 34 was super cool um, and then like if you get back in their catalog quite a bit there's some some old funky 34 millimeter cased uh, stuff uh, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, the Seamaster is the correct answer. <laughs> I I would have to agree with that as well. I'm shocked you didn't come there as well, Evan. Just because, I mean, the Carrera is an interesting one, and I had I didn't really think that was where you were going to go, but it does make sense. I think the only thing you are kind of missing there is a a diver. A dive watch, yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, you don't necessarily need it because you've got a, a more accurate timing device in the chronograph. And there are some really awesome, uh, I can't remember, it's the CS21 something. Um, God, it's one of the first re-editions they did, and it's like a 38 or a 39 millimeter. Mm-hmm. Like, it is it is a gorgeous watch. Um, yeah, I think the, those first re-editions came out in 96. Mm-hmm. For the Carrera. But I mean, also, 
One of my favorite watches of all time is actually a Seamaster, and it's some of the weird Seamasters that got plugged in with 321 movements. And I think at Cincy Watchdog has one. I don't know if he still has it, but at some point I believe he did have one. Um, one of the thin-lugged Omega Seamaster chronos with the 321 movement in it. Those are very cool watches. They have steadily climbed up. A couple of years ago, they were very, very reasonable. Now, obviously, like all watches, they are uh, getting a little bit absurd in prices, but um, not too absurd yet. But that's definitely one of my favorite watches of all time. I just wish it was a little bit bigger, but oh well. I think that about a lot of watches. I mean, the interesting thing, too, with, with some of those odd ducks is, like we talked about, they have the bullhead chronograph that they came out with a few years ago. Actually, a little bit longer than that. They just have some really odd stuff there. The one that the one that always kind of baffled me is the one that uh, Cole Pennington likes and has, and it's the it's the Seamaster Flightmaster. It's a set, it, yeah. it it looks like it should be, and I think it is similar in case to the uh, Speedmaster. This uh, don't, don't they do a Skywalker version of that with like an LED? Like didn't they have like a black and red LED version of something like that? It looks really goofy. Or is the like, name like a, X something? Yeah. X11 or something. Yeah. Something that sounds I mean, like that, Elon Musk's kid's name. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like, why is, why is that watch that for all intents and purposes is a Speedmaster a Seamaster? Because it is. And like, it just, it's, they just threw, I feel like they just didn't know what to call anything. It's like, well, is it, is it dressy? No. So it's not a constellation. It's not. Seamaster, throw it. Is it a, is it a Moonwatch? No. Okay, it's a Seamaster. That's the catch-all. It's like the catch-all yep. name for whatever model. Like, oh, this is really cool. What should we call it? Sea uh, Air Watch, Seamaster, Flightmaster. Cool. Done. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know why in the world Omega originally called these. Watches. I mean, sure. I'm I'm assuming that they were somewhat waterproof. For the time, but if we're talking like vintage 40s and 50s Seamasters, those are definitely not dive watches. No. 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 So I, I don't even know how waterproof those are. Like, they're not being, like, toted as waterproof like Rolex and the Oyster watches, right? I mean, I think they were supposed so, to be a little bit. I think that was why you threw that on there. But but as we know from our guess. friends Lauren and Lorenzo, Lorenzo's – the whole reason Laurier exists is because a vintage mm-hmm. Seamaster fogged up in the – it wasn't even on his wrist in the shower. It was just near running water and it fogged up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've also heard stories too about those watches definitely not having the a very good water resistance at all. So I don't know, especially you know. Some, yeah. some might say they're water attractants. <laughs> <laughs> they find it and then they trap it. Find it and they trap it and they love it. Yeah, movement doesn't love to be in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I really can't think of anything else remotely, um, remotely close, right? Because like. For example, Breitling's trying to extend the Nava timer line beyond beyond mm-hmm. the classic Navi, but that they're nowhere close. Um, yeah, Spangler's right. It, the the Oyster Perpetual that really is more of a features than a coherent line. Um, just well, trying hold to hold on about hold on about just Breitling. trying to what slip about? slip one past, you know. What about the Super Ocean? Because you have the Super Ocean. And the Su- is the Super Ocean Heritage a different line, or is that 
Because they have the Super Ocean, the Super Ocean Heritage, and what's the... Yeah. Is it the Super Ocean 57 that our buddy Mike has? They all say super. Yeah. I mean, if you if we're going by the same rules, kind of as the Seamaster, because you have Seamaster three hundred, three hundred M, Seamaster Flight, like I might allow Super Ocean to cover Super Ocean, Super Ocean Heritage, and Super Ocean Heritage fifty seven. Now it's not a very wide array, and you can right. see that the vast majority of the Super Oceans are divers of some. Divers or dive chronos because I think they have a Super Ocean Heritage chrono uh, mm-hmm. type of type of looking watch. They're very obviously of the same line. Like they're way more cohesive than what Seamaster was and is. Um, yeah, I will just I, I'm just gonna drop this Oyster Perpetual thing, but I do want to note that when when you pull up the Rolex Submariner uh, webpage. The, mm-hmm. the text says, The Oyster Perpetual Submariners, a reference among divers' watches. It is the watch that unlocked the deep. I don't know. That was the Blanc Pond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've, they've got their history a little, little uh, off. Um, so if we, if we do throw that out, the Black Bay line uh, from Tudor's probably your next best bet in a lot of ways granted it's it's divers and chronos um but you have multiple time only yeah but you have multiple case sizes and multiple materials that's the that's the wrinkle that we've forgotten right Um, the seamaster has multiple materials as well let's let's hold on well, yes. Nobody's saying that the Seamaster isn't the number one. We're just trying to find a plausible, you know, second place finisher. You have you have gold blend. You have silver blend. Bronze. Full bronze. That's pretty nifty. The ceramics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can hit. You can hit the. You, you can. They should be the Olympic sponsor. Plus, you can actually buy these watches as well. You can. It comes and goes though. Like I feel like it ebbs and flows. Like I feel like I'll go in one day and they'll have almost everything, and then like a month later you'll be in, and they're just like, "Yeah, we sold all of it. We don't know when we're getting stuff in again." And then like it'll be another three months, and then they'll be fully stocked. Like you just, it's one of those that's hit or miss. You really kind of never know. Um, which is interesting. And also, I also think it's weird with those those watches too that it's different watches that'll sell out. It's like, oh, this this month we can't get um, an LHD Pelagos, or this month we can't get the GMT in, or you know the the fifty eight's gone, or you know what it, whatever it is. Yeah, it's the, strange. Yeah, the GMT that's also a black bay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. I it, it it won't beat the Omega. But I, I do think that's probably the widest second, you know, line. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll allow that one. Oh, yeah, no, I, that, that's, a, that's a really strong contender as well, especially with the, the new materials, with the different case sizes, different functions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, that's, that's another solid line. 
I mean, I'm trying to think. IWC Pilots, the only other thing that's popping up. That was the one I was originally going to go with. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, the, the Pilots pilots line is pretty solid. I mean, honestly, to me, if you want to go a little bit more budget-friendly, you could go Pro Specs. Yeah. Because they have those new Alpinist lines that are a little bit dressier. You throw them on leather, it would work. You've got all mm-hmm. the divers. You have a few chronos here and there. They don't do as many mechanical chronos as they used to, but they do still have them, and maybe they'll release a Pogue. And if they release a new Pogue, you know it's going to be a Pro Specs branded one. Um just because yeah. so i mean prospects is like i, I tend to, towards sportier watches which is why i would if i had to pick a seiko line it'd be prospects over presage presage mm-hmm. however you say it um but i mean th- those are some decent ones as well um and then yeah the pilots line is interesting Again, guess that goes back to IWC being a blind. Now, here's the thing: Do you have to strip out the Spitfire version of that or not? Well, I mean, the title of that watch is the Pilot Spitfire. That's fair. Like the IWC, IWC chronographs Spitfire pilots. I don't know some weird jumble mishmash of those words, but it still includes Pilot in the title because that covers everything from like just the the Mark the Mark series that they have the very mm-hmm. basic Pilot's watch. All the way up to the big pilot perpetual calendar, like blacked out ceramic Lewis Hamilton edition, mm-hmm. which is a sweet watch. So, I mean, that covers a lot. The time zone might be my favorite out of all of those. I, I I do like that watch. I do like that watch. It's real big. How big is it? I want to say it's like forty-five or forty-six, and like. 37 oh, millimeters thick like it's, oh, it's not really thick but it's like it's 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 a big one but it's such a cool complication although I feel like you should be able to do it thinner and smaller I don't know I could be wrong yeah. you have to have a brown version of that which I feel like again I feel like it's you just get older like watches with brown dials like I really like going back to the Seamaster I like that three the 300 Bronze gold. That's a that's a looker of a watch. The, I mean, the Tudor bronze with a brown dial, killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Starting to see things a little differently. I also cannot believe we didn't bring this one up. And you know, I don't know if this one's going to count as a model line, but you know, this is kind of the brand. But the brand also encompasses what you normally call the watches. But G-Shock is also a contender too. Mm. That that is interesting. It's always Casio G-Shock, and then they have the other lines below that. But I mean, if we're going off the other, you know, the Seamaster. Oh, that's that's a rule. that's fitting. That's a good that's a good catch there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. It's like, man, what is another one? But yeah, the, the Casio G-Shock. That that encompasses a good. You know, it's obviously not a bunch of complications, all that kind of jazz. But I mean, if you're looking for a variety of watches, you could argue it's so much more complicated in some ways. <laughs> uh, yeah. In some ways. Yeah. Plus they have clutch names. Like I don't own any G shocks. I have maybe a passing interest in the Cassioke, but like a mud man, uh, that's pretty cool. Frog like, man. Frog man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just all sorts of like thing person hybrids uh, that just have uh, <laughs> like I, I think that like I said every time that I have read 
is someone referring to to one of those. I'm like, hey, that name's outlandish. I really dig it. Pull it up. The watch is like uh, ridiculously expensive and huge. I'm like, hmm, not going to buy that, but I like that it exists. I feel about a lot of G-Shocks. I mean, there was a time, and I remember reading it on Hodinkee. When they came out with the the not the not actual all gold one, but the gold PVD all metal mm. G-Shock, yeah. and Stephen Pulverant wore it around for a week. He's like, "It's a heavy piece of steel. It's not like wearing a full gold." He goes, "But like, there's a, there's a bling element to this for it being an all gold <laughs> G-Shock." And I mean, for a yeah. few hundred bucks, that is a that is a heck of a statement piece. And I have definitely had a passing interest in potentially picking one of those up at some point. Just because it has all the functions you want. It's got an awesome square case. I've, I've not seen what the bracelet is like in person, but my guess is for that, I mean, mm-hmm. it's got to be decent for what they're charging for it. Um, and oddly enough, the, so here's the thing that I've heard. Where did I hear it? it might be on New Hodinkee Radio without Steven. Um, they were talking about the new metal Cassiokes that haven't quite made their way to the States yet. We've talked about these mm-hmm. a little bit. I've seen them pop up. All the people from Scottish Watches are loving on them, and I'm super jealous. Sandy's got one. Sandy, our buddy from Glenlivet, has one, and I, I'm like super jealous because they haven't even been like released here yet. But what I heard James Stacy say, I think it was either him or Danny Milton, they said that the reason it's still on resin is because they haven't figured out how to make a bracelet that can link to that that survives all the tests they have to put it through. So he's like, hmm. you know it's coming. You know it's coming. You know they're going to put that on a bracelet. Yeah. And maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's the one I need to wait for. Maybe I need to wait for the full metal Cassioke on a bracelet that passes all their G-Shock tests and be like, <laughs> that's the one I'm going to get. That's going to be my metal, metal Cassioke. Well, I, I know I've sent you guys plenty of links to the modded metal oh, yeah. mod Cassioke's. Uh, I love those yeah. with, with the... Uh, the silicone strap with a little butterf- butterfly uh, clasp just seems mm-hmm. like a ton of fun for very cheap. Oh, yeah. Well, we've kind of lamented that a little bit, my little rant on fresh form finds. Like, it's... There are, there are still ways to have fun in this hobby for less money, but it sure does seem to be getting harder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... <laughs> It, it's it's the nature of the beast, I guess. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, well. It is. It's okay. You can still go buy any Seamaster for any occasion that you want, usually, <laughs> at your yeah. AD. Hard. There's plenty of them used. It's hard to end on a higher note than that, you know? If you want a Seamaster... Start reading because you got to figure. Like, there's so many of them. There's so many. Like, it's unbelievable. But if you want to see Master, yes. <laughs> and on that note, uh, it's been fun. Uh, hopefully, you all enjoyed this. Uh, keep reaching out. It's been a lot more fun to re- to interact with with the listeners. So uh, you too could be mentioned as our eleventh listener. So you never know. Send us a message. Yep. Um, it was fun. I think we arrived at a pretty accurate answer, I would say. Yes. It was fun. I mm-hmm. kind of forgot about the Carrera line, too. That was a good That was a good. Oh, line. yeah. So a left field for me. 
That was oh, a yeah. good one. Wild card. Yeah. You are. Anyway, well, we <laughs> will catch everybody next week. See you later. See ya. See ya.